Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pathway Church Podcast. We are a Bible-based church out of Peterborough, Canada, and together we are on a mission to reach people who are far from Christ and see them become devoted followers of Jesus. Today we are entering part four of our Book of James series entitled Unbelievable. And an unbelievable man by the name of Andrew Friesen, who is our family pastor, is bringing the message. Do you have real faith? Does your life back up your lips and your walk match your talk? This week, we're studying James 2, verses 4 through 26, looking at how faith needs to result in works or actions, or it's proved to be false faith in the first place. With that, let's turn over to Pastor Andrew with part four of our Book of James series, Unbelievable. Well, it is great to be with you. I'm Andrew. I'm the family pastor here at Pathway. Uh, it's, uh, It's good to be together. Man, it's great to be back together. Seems like things are starting to open up. There's uh, some of you are back for the first time in maybe almost two years. So great to have you joining us. But guys, what a week that was! Man, what a what a heavy week. If you're watching the news, seeing things go down in Ukraine, uh, not to mention things in our own country, in our own city, uh, and that's why it's so so healthy. And I hope I hope encouraging to be here together, growing together, to come back to basics together, to just like, okay, out of all the chaos of what's going on around us, what can I ground myself in? And today, we're going to dive into James 2. So if you have your Bible, go ahead and go ahead and pull it out. Uh, James 2, starting verse 14, and uh, it's going to help us to orient ourselves in life right now. Maybe for you, COVID has really kind of thrown a wrench over the past two years into what you believe. What you believe, what you believe about people, what you believe about God, kind of what what your own faith standpoint is. And so uh, as we go into the book of James here, James 2, 14, uh, we're going to be asking this question of ourselves. Do I have real faith? Okay, do I have real faith? And here you are in person. Uh, Thanks for joining us. But maybe, you know, you're new to you're new to Christianity. Maybe you don't even have necessarily a faith of your own. Uh, thanks for thanks for joining us. I love that you're here. So that's easy for you. I don't have real faith, right? You know that. But for others of us, we've been at different places in this journey with God, and we're like, where even am I at? Like, am I living? Is this it? Am I living the Christian life? So we're asking ourselves that question. And uh, what I love about what James is going to get to is that it's it's straight uh, truth. It's hard-hitting. Uh, it's helpful. It's encouraging. But it's going to challenge us. Okay, It's going to challenge us. But in the end, if we take this stuff seriously, we're going to be on mission focused in what God has for us. Uh, faith and works. We're going to dive into that in a second. But um, I've got to ask you first. Have you ever had it where... Um, Someone said they were going to do something, and then what, en- what they ended up doing looked completely different. Like, you ever had a company that advertised a product, like, oh, this is going to be the best thing ever, like maybe a, a travel resort, like, oh, it's going to be amazing to show pictures. Turns out when you get there, like, eh, I think those were stock photography. Like, that didn't turn out anything like, I, like what I hoped. Or maybe um, those of you that have been through COVID, you know, watching a little too much TV, uh, you, you, you plop down on the couch, and you got your Lay's bag of chips, and it looks beautiful. The bag is just so, like, full. It's going to be amazing. You open the seal, and you reach your hand down in, there's, like, 20 chips. Like, ah! And so the expectation is different than the reality. Okay, we've all dealt with that, but that's not just true of companies and products and all that. That's also true of people. 
we've had people around us that have said one thing and then have done another. And all of a sudden we're like, ooh, uh, I'm not sure that I can trust you to be a reliable source of information or for me to be able to count on you. For me, uh, I have a bit of a story from my own life. I'm sure we all have different ones. For me, when I was, uh, I guess going back seven years ago, I started into a new carpentry job. And the first few weeks on the job, they found out. I went to church, Christian, all that. And uh, I made a mistake. Tiny mistake, not a big deal, but I lied about, I didn't like paint a board or something small like that, and I lied about it to, uh, to my supervisor. And, um, and he, he knew I was lying, but I didn't know that he knew I was lying. <laughs> uh, and so what happened was, I found out that he, they were talking about it on break, like, this guy, he thinks he's a Christian, hey? Like, figures, you know, leave it to the Christians. Uh, and, uh, and that was just such a gut punch for me, like, seriously? Ah, oh, I blew it. I blew it. How could I, how could I have just ruined my reputation so quickly a few weeks into this company? And so I went to the supervisor within, within minutes. I'm like, I'm so sorry. Like, I know you probably can't trust me right now. You're not necessarily going to believe what I say, but I want you to know that I am sorry that I did that. And from this moment on, you can expect something different from me. And so for the next two years, I rebuilt that trust. I was, you know, I lived with integrity, I lived with honesty, and they didn't have those kinds of problems with me again. So, you know, awesome for them. But I realized, wow, I gotta, I gotta back up what I'm saying with how I'm living. And we've all seen that around us. And I've got a little, uh, little statement I'd love to look at here. When someone's lips don't match their life, it looks like a lie. Isn't that true? You can say one thing, you know, lips go off on one thing, but your life, if it looks completely different, Looks like a lie. And I think that's true of, of, um, of companies and advertising. It's true uh, of, of people around us, true of ourselves. But it's especially dangerous when it's true of Christians. Those of us that call ourselves followers of Jesus, when we say one thing and live another way, that's the problem. And so I've got a quote from Brendan Manning here I want to share with you. He's author of the Ragamuffin Gospel. He said, The greatest single cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips, and walk out the door and deny him by their lifestyle. That is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. And maybe you're here in the room, and that's exactly what you would say. Like, I just, I can't, I can't take Christians seriously because of how they act. Maybe you're a Christian, and you are sold out, and yet you see the actions of different people around you, and like, please, you're embarrassing us. It comes off like you don't actually believe this stuff in the first place. So the question is, does your life walk match your talk? Okay? And that's true, you know, like I said, not just of Christians. It's true of all of us, that we want to match up and have integrity. But it's especially damaging when Christians do not back up what they say with what they do. And, you know, it's not just the atheist saying that. It's not just me saying that. Guess who else said that? If you look through the New Testament, you know who else is saying that? Hey, maybe you've heard of this guy named Jesus. He's talking all about that. John's talking about that. Paul's talking about that. And here, James is going to talk about it. So we're going to dive in. James 2.14. Open up your Bibles there. We're going to get into it. And if you've got a phone, you versions probably got it for you there. So let's go. James 2.14. What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works, can that faith save him? Okay, so just, we'll come back to that. Can that faith? He's talking about a kind of faith. Okay? Not all faith. If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food and one of them says them, go in peace, be warmed and filled, 
without giving them the things needed for the body? Like, guys, what, what good is that? That's useless, right? That is, that is straight useless. Let's say there's a homeless guy downtown that you actually used to work with. So you're, you're buddies, and you see him, and it's like, oh, what happened, Tom? Uh, you, that's what you think, but you say, Tom, buddy, good to see you. How you been? And there's no, like, compassion. There's no, like, uh, demonstration of, like, empathy for his needs. There's, there's none of that. Boy, how do you think Tom's feeling? Like, okay, uh, move along, you know? And James says this. So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Okay? If it does not have works, is dead. Okay, those of you that um, may be new to faith or new to the Bible, this word works, what does that even mean? Uh, another word or synonym that you could use for that is, is action. If there's no follow-through, if there's no action. So, so what I mean by that is, uh, what are the things in your life, the character traits, that produce good things? So, like, uh, you know, Paul would talk about the fruit of the Spirit, like love, joy, peace, patience. Is there, is there, like, is there an attitude of generosity in your life? Those are the kinds of things. If your life doesn't have that, okay, what's the point of faith? It's dead. And so we're going to break down four different, um, different types of faith, okay? Because I want you to know, I want you to know, when James says, uh, you know, faith is, without works is, is dead, he's not saying faith on the whole is dead. This guy, James, ends up being executed in AD 62 because he believed so firmly that Jesus Christ was Lord and that uh, that message needed to be passed on. So, like, this dude believed it. He was, he was going right to death. He was, death. he was willing to die for it. So, hey, uh, faith without works, okay? And this is what we're going to talk about. Is belief without follow through. You know, when someone says something and does something completely different, kind of what I've been saying, you can't trust them. It's like it's like a it's like a cook that won't eat his own food. It's like ah, I'm not going to that restaurant. You just can't trust them. So there, there's another kind of faith. Okay, there is um, faith that's blind. This is where you just you just you have a gut feeling about something. Like I I think there's a God out there. So. Yeah, I'll go with that. And it's just, that's all it is. It's a gut feeling. It's a gut feeling. And when something comes along to challenge you, when you have a, a debate, you have a conversation, all of a sudden you're like, oh yeah, maybe I'm wrong. Okay, moving along. And that's all it is. It doesn't actually result in, in action. There's no like evidence to back it up. But guys, um, this is not what James is saying. He's not saying just have blind faith. There are solid, solid historical reasons to believe in the truth of Christianity. There's philosophically coherent reasons. That's a message for its, its uh, another time, but uh, he's not talking about blind faith. How uh, about C? What about this? Um, faith in works. This is something that Paul, in, in the book of Romans, talks all about. Like, guys, 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 we're not talking about um, pace, placing confidence in uh, going to heaven and uh, having an amazing relationship with God because of what you've done. No, no, no. Uh, you're, you're full of, of sin. That, that, that sin just kind of um, uh, pervades your life. It's everywhere. So don't put confidence in yourself. Uh, you know, it's not your actions that are going to save you. It's what Jesus did for you on your behalf. Okay? Um, and James doesn't get into that necessarily, but Paul is like all about that. He's all about that. And D, what about this? Faith with works. So it's not blind faith because there's evidence. There's good reason to put full confidence in that. And you're so confident in it that it ends up showing up in your life. And there's follow through. 
Okay? There's follow through. I, I, I got a, a line here that I wanted to share with you. We'll go back a few slides, MJ, um, where it says, A worksless faith is a worthless faith. Okay? A worksless faith is a worthless faith. Uh, we need follow through. There needs to be action. There needs to be something that you're so convicted about that it just spills out of your life. So that's what we're, uh, that's what we're aiming towards. And um, all throughout Scripture, there's this analogy of a tree that's going to produce something valuable. As it grows, it's planted in good soil, it's good water, sun, all those th- different things, and it grows into something that produces something. Okay? Now, I've never planted a fruit tree in my life, but I've planted lots of other kinds of trees. And uh, in university, I tree planted for two different summers. So if you were to go up to, to northern Ontario, you could see roughly 186,000 trees that I planted. Okay? Um, so you could go there and you could see, because they were planted 12 years ago, which ones were planted well and which ones were not. Which ones got demoed by, um, by different things, the swamp, whatever, and which ones stood the uh, test of time. And some were planted with a J-root. Okay, you can't have that or you're going to have to replant the tree. You can't have a leaner. You're going to have to replant the tree. You can't have a duff shot. Planted just in leaves or you have to replant the tree. So all these things uh, we're, we're going to avoid. Uh, but you could go look and you can see, okay, that is a healthy tree. The same thing is true, and Jesus talks about this in John 15, how he's the vine, we're the branches, okay? And in Paul in Galatians 5 talks about, like, the fruit of the Spirit. So there's this analogy of, of trees producing fruit. And so I've got some fruit with me, a whole bunch of oranges, okay? So let's say you live in Florida and you're going to plant uh, an orange tree. Anyone want to live in Florida right about now? How's that drive in? Uh, yeah, so... so uh, you plant an orange tree, and 5, 10, maybe 15 years go by. 15 years later, uh, you had high hopes for this thing, and it's just failed you miserably. You're kind of, you know, kicking yourself. Why did I bother with it? That was a lot of wasted time and energy. Uh, you don't see any fruit, and you, you think to yourself, this just wasn't, this wasn't worth it. There's nothing good coming from it. Um, the same thing could be true of your own life. You think you're going to go in a direction in life, and 10 years down the road, you're like, I don't think I'm the person that I want to be. There's not, there's not things that I'm really proud of in myself. Uh, maybe you felt that. I know I have different moments. Like, I wish there was more things that uh, people could admire me for. Uh, acts of, like, love and compassion. And the thing is, uh, when you don't have those fruit, you can, you can try and, like, fake it. Okay, you can try and uh, you pretend to be an orange tree. Uh, you donate 50 bucks here, share it all over social media. Look at me, you know, uh, uh, wow, it's so awesome. Uh, you can do different things to make yourself look good. But at the end of the day, it's really just a patch job. Okay, you're not an orange tree. You're just, you're just like a hydro pole with oranges stuck to it. That's what you are. Um, and what, what James is getting at is there is fruit that comes from a few different steps in your life that naturally flows, that doesn't have to be faked, okay? And so that's what, uh, that's what he gets into. So uh, we're going to dive into verse 18, okay? Actually, no, sorry. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share first three different, three different points, okay? So here's kind of the progression of growth, okay? So it starts with trust in Jesus, okay? That's, that's where faith starts. It's not, it's not what you do, it's what God did, through one person in particular. I mean, all of the Christian uh, history is, is helpful, but like what Jesus did. So we trust in the person, 
of Jesus. So he's the son of God and also the work of Jesus. So things like his miracles, his teaching, uh, but ultimately what he did for us on the cross and resurrection uh, and then giving us new life and preparing a place for us in heaven. Those are the things that we put our faith in. Those, that's what we can trust. Okay, So that's like bottom line. If you're wondering, like, where do I even start in Christianity? That's the place. Trust in Jesus. But then once you've placed your trust in Jesus, here's step two. This is something that happens by the Spirit. There's transformation of your heart and character. So all of a sudden, uh, you know, you had this reputation for being someone that's just selfish, mean, thoughtless about the needs of other people, and something starts to change. And people notice, whoa, okay, something's going on here. And it just naturally comes out of you. It's something that God's doing. There's things that you do, steps that you take, but it's something that God does. And then it leads to action, okay? Action from love. And this is, this is what James is going to talk about, how like, wow, our lives, if we have trust in God and there's transformation, boy, you better see some action on the other side. Or else, mm, maybe there wasn't actually trust in the first place. So, let's dive in. James 2, 18. Okay, here we go. But someone will say, okay, so he's, he's talked about how faith without works is dead. But someone will say, okay, you got your faith and I've got my works. And James is going to be like, oh, you want to go there? All right, let's debate that, okay? You show me your faith apart from your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. He's saying, okay, prove it. Let's see. Let's see some examples here. So he goes at them. Here we go. This is kind of like a, a Greek style of debate, uh, an imaginary dialogue. He's like, you believe that God's one. You do well. Wow. Aren't you so, you know, give yourself a, pr- a pat on the back. Even the demons believe. Wow, you got great theology, you got great beliefs. Guess what? Satan's got those same beliefs. Even Satan believes God exists. Don't, uh, don't think you're too, too awesome. And shudder, okay? And shudder. So what he's saying is, um, just because you have head knowledge about something, that doesn't really count for anything. Faith is more than head knowledge. Do you want to be shown, you foolish person, that faith apart from works is useless? Okay? You want to be shown? Okay, I'll give you some proof. And then he goes into a few different examples. And we'll walk right through them here. So, first one, Abraham. Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? Let's just keep going with this. You see that faith was active along with his works, and faith was completed by his works. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. And he was called a friend of God. Okay, uh, before we go any further, let me just give you some explanation there, okay? So Abraham is this dude back in the, the first book of the Bible, Genesis, and he's the father of faith. And what it says is he's a friend of God, and, and, and it was, his faith was counted to him as righteousness. Now, just before this, it talked about how he sacrificed his son Isaac on the altar. If you've never heard that story, pretty interesting story. Fascinating. But the point is, okay, of all that story is, at one point in Abraham's life, early on, God made a promise to him that he would be the father of tons of people, okay? As many as the stars in the sky. And and, and Abraham believed that. He believed th- that God uh, was true, and he left his whole like region and traveled somewhere else. So he had the faith, and then it showed up. He backed up with follow-through, that faith, the different moments of life, including taking his young son, and God told him to sacrifice him on an altar, which seems like horrific to even imagine. 
But here's, here's what happened, okay? Abraham had such deep faith in God that God had good plans, that he knew even if he was supposed to kill Isaac, God would raise him from the dead. Okay? God had something in, in mind that he was going to bring him back. Everything was going to carry on. It wasn't going to end in his son's death. He had such confidence. And so, so when Abraham goes to sacrifice Isaac, he has that confidence that shows up. It's follow through. It's belief that God has everything uh, taken care of. And so it lands on this. You see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. Okay, okay. If you uh, have a, don't have a Bible reading plan, you just flip open your Bible, and you read this verse, you could go in some wild directions, okay? You see that a person is justified by works, not by faith alone. Okay, so like, I guess I should be a good person, and that's going to, I guess, make God happy. Okay, cool. We're going to come back to this. That's not at all what this verse means. So he gives, uh, actually, another example from this uh Person named Rahab, and in the same way, was not also Rahab the prostitute justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way? Okay, so that's a story, completely different, op- opposite end of the spectrum. In Joshua, uh, Joshua, he, he and Caleb, they go into this promised land. They're trying to scope out what, what's going on, and they get trapped in this city, and there's no way out, so they have to hide, and they end up in this, the, the house of a prostitute. They're hidden underneath, and she basically makes a deal. She knows that they follow God, and she says, I'm, I, I know that you follow the one true God, and... If I hide you so that no one finds you, when you guys invade us and you destroy us, will you save me? Will you make sure I'm safe? And they say, yeah, yeah, we're going to do that. God follows through on that promise. So Rahab, even amongst like her people, she's so different than everyone around her, she has faith in God to the point that she's willing to risk her own life. Okay, so that's the follow through. It's not just the faith, it's the action. That's the point that James is making. And then he sums it up with this verse right here. For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. Okay? So you can have all the, the, the parts of the body. You can have oranges on a tree or what looks like a tree, but it's actually a hydropole. You can have a body that, that, that's there. There's limbs. There's all the different things that you might need, but there's no heartbeat. There's no, you know, lungs being filled and emptied. You're dead. Okay, that, that, that's, what, that's what he's saying. So, um, let's go back to verse 24. Okay, let's go back to verse 24, because I've got to clear up some confusion for you. Uh, this is such an interesting verse that could really mess you up. You see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. Okay, what actually is James talking about when he says that? And it's actually a certain way of using that word justified. So we're going to actually throw two verses up here that look completely opposite. Okay, that one we just read. And then in Galatians 2.16, it says, a person is not justified by works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. Wait, what? You just said it's justified, but not justified. So which is it? Like, how, how do you actually become right with God? Now, what James is talking about is something completely different. It's a different way of using the word than what Paul is talking about, okay? And you guys know that words can have multiple meanings, okay? So let's, let's pick an example. So um, let's say boarding. You might get a penalty in hockey for boarding. You might uh, be boarding a plane to go on a trip, or maybe you're snowboarding. And so you text your friend. You say, yeah, 
I'm out boarding now, or, uh, you know, I'm boarding now. If they don't know the context of, of you using that word, they have no clue what's going on, okay? So we have that situation all around us. Uh, but that's also true in the Bible. There's, there's, there's only so many words, and they get used in different ways. So there's actually two different meanings for justified. So here's the first one, okay? This is what Paul is saying. What makes you right with God, okay, is something that God does for you. And because of what Jesus did on the cross for you, okay, you receive that gift. Now his righteousness is given to you. There's an exchange that happens, and now you're declared right. Even though you haven't lived that perfect life, God gives that to you, so you're declared right. Second meaning, this is what James is getting at, is that there's evidence. It's, there's proof. There's, there, there's a way of showing that there's transformation. So you're justified when you're proved right. You know, maybe, maybe you have a, a bet with a friend about something, and, uh, you know, you, you, you end up uh, having that proved right by what happens, okay? You have been justified in your belief about something. Okay, so um, what I want you to know is that may look like a contradiction, but when you look at the context, when you look at what they're actually talking about, it's not a contradiction. They're on the same page. They're just dealing with different parts of, uh, of ways that we could mess up uh, you know, and, and get, get off track. You know, so one of the things you have to look at, that's why you have to not just read one verse at a time. You have to look at the context. And if you read on in Paul, uh, he's going he's gonna to talk about different things. But one of the things he says in Ephesians 2 is that, um, uh, you know, you're saved by faith alone, not by works that no one can boast. Okay, that's one of the things he says. But then two verses later, he says this in Ephesians 2.10. Uh, he says, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in. So, so um, wait, is it? Are we saved by works? No, 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 no. We're saved for good works. Okay? So I I wrote this down for you guys. We are not saved by good works. We are saved to do good works. That's that's at the heart of Christianity. Okay? What makes you right with God is not something that you do. It's what something God does for you and receiving that gift. Guys, when I was in, um, in Kenya... I had some, some great chats with, uh, with some Muslim friends up there that we had four or five weeks together. And uh, it was so fascinating to hear them describe the Muslim faith. Uh, you know, for them, they're, they're reliant on the mercy of God to save them. And, and they, they talk about, you know, how he, he, God is merciful. Uh, of course, it's the picture of God that they have is very different than the Christian picture of God. But what it amounts to is they're hoping that their good deeds outweigh their bad deeds, okay? Hoping that they have a good life. And what, what, what James is saying is, no, 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 no. Uh, you are saved by what God does, okay? And that's what Paul's saying is like, guys, this is at the heart of faith. But once you have that approval of, from God, once you have that acceptance, you don't have to work for it. You can just live out of that, Okay. That, 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 that's like, boom, you got, you got the foundation, then on we go. And one of Martin Luther's friends, Philip Melanchthon, said this, okay? He said this, We are saved by faith alone, but that faith never stays alone. That never stays alone. That's not where it ends. So guys, if you think the Christian faith is like, well, I prayed a prayer when I was six, and I got my ticket to heaven, like, now let's party. 
you kind of miss the point, right? That's not where it ends. It doesn't just end in, uh, in, in, in a belief. It, it ends in transformation, action out of love, okay? So there's something that needs to happen coming out of that. So guys, um, I hope this is making sense, okay? It's a little bit of a big concept, right? Um, but those, those things that we do out of love for people come out of the approval that we already feel from God. Uh, last night, uh, we were able, my family, our life group, and other teens from Path, we were able to take part in uh, something that I love being a part of, the coldest night of the year walk. Um, and we were able to support um, street-level advocacy. And what's so cool about it is there's a youth leader at our church that did a ton of the organization for this. Okay, She did a phenomenal job. Uh, and, and what I loved about it is like, she just has this heart of love for God. They raised a ton of money to support, um, you know, being, being involved in work, ending homelessness and caring for the needs of the people here in Peterborough, um, street affiliated people. But what, if you were to talk to her and ask her, why do you do that? Why would you organize that? I'd love to hear her answer. I wish I had a video. She's actually going to be sharing uh, Friday night at youth because you know what she's not going to say? Gee, I was really feeling guilty about how I just do a lot for myself. And I figured, you know what? I better, I better like, I better please God by just getting, like, just doing something for him. Like, you know, I just, I feel like if I am going to get to heaven, I better like stack up some of the list of things. That's not what she's going to say. She's going to say, God loved me so much. And I don't understand why I have the life that I do. But um, because of how I've been loved by God, I want to do something about it. I, I want to have a life that I'm proud of, full of compassion, full of, like, actually practically meeting the needs in our city, full of, like, generosity. That's what she would say. I know she would. And, and notice the difference. One is, is moving for approval, and one is moving from approval. Okay? So where does that leave us? Okay, we talked about a whole bunch of different things. Steps uh, to move towards action, faith. Uh, we've talked about different kinds of faith. And this is the part where we examine our own lives. So where are we at? When you look at your life, is there fruit? Are there works that come from faith? Or where are you at? And um, I'm going to take this kind of two different directions here as, uh, as I start to wrap up. I'll uh, close shortly here. Uh, number one, okay? If you are at the place in life where, uh, where you, uh, you're seeing some headway, okay? But not enough. You feel like, man, I wish there was more that I was doing for God. I wish I, wish I was involved at another level. I wish, um, you know, people looked at me and they said, wow, like, he's got faith. He's got love. Uh, he's, he's stepping up in big ways. Uh, you know what? That's a helpful place to be to examine your own life. And I want you to just trust the process if you're in that spot. Maybe through COVID, there's been times where uh, you, your faith has seemed a little bit dry. You're not growing at the, in the way that you hoped you would. You kind of feel isolated from the people around you. You don't have community. All those different things have kind of shaken uh, where you are. And there's, you're looking at your life like, ah, I wish I was in a different spot. Guys, if you have true faith in God, Time's going to bring that up, okay? As you keep being faithful with the habits in your life, if you keep being faithful in the little ways, fruit's going to come, 
Okay? Just because, um, you know, just because winter comes and leaves fall off doesn't mean you go cut down every tree. Okay? There are seasons of dryness where you just have to stay faithful. And God's going to meet you in that. As you seek him, uh, he's going he's to reveal himself to you. So stay with that. Okay, so trust the process, your habits in place. And what I would say is, it's what I've said to the teens recently. We've been talking about habits and looking through the book of uh, Atomic Habits from James Clear and applying that to spiritual habits. And one of the things that I've been saying is like, uh, just just break down the habit into like the smallest possible thing that you just can do consistently, faithfully. So even if you have a, a, a time where your, your, your walk with God is not growing at the level that you wish, just keep doing something. So, so for me, in January, um, my little, one of the things I've, I've been doing is every day I'm marking the Bible just in some way. Circling it, underlining. Might take two minutes, Okay. But once I'm in it, I'm like, ooh, this is good. And it might end up in 25 minutes. But every single day, I mark a page. That's what I do. And the same thing could be true for you. If you want to grow in your relationship with God, just do something. Take two minutes to pray. You don't have to be this prayer warrior. Just pray, okay? You want to be generous? Just give. Something small. Just keep taking faithful steps to do that. You know, um, early on, I was talking about how... uh, you know, atheists, they might look at the church and say, like, whoa, like, what's going on? There's no follow through. This is unbelievable. But I have to say, I, when I look at our church and people around us here, I see God at work and I, I see real faith. I honestly do. You know, there are people in our church, when there is a need that comes up, someone shares something on Instagram or Facebook, boom, they are on it. They are DMing that person. They are all over it. When, when there's a prayer need, there are people in this church that I can go to and say, I need you to pray for that. And I know absolutely that they're going to pray for it. There are people that just, they bubble out with generosity. That's just part of who they are. Guys, the church is being the church, okay? That's what we're doing. We're building for that. We're living out our faith in, in with follow-through. That's what we're doing. And a few weeks ago, uh, I had a FaceTime call with a buddy of mine. He and his wife, um, they, they live in another town, but they, they've just been gripped by the need of, again, homelessness in their community. And we're on this FaceTime call and uh, his wife was like, I got to dip out for a little bit. It's a cold night. They bought a sleeping bag that day and they knew someone that was on the street and they dropped it off for it. So, so his wife goes out, drops it off, make sure that she was, had everything she needed and she came back, back on the call. It's like, wow, like you're living it out. You're not waiting for an organization to have the perfect thing for you. You're not waiting for the perfect recruiting pitch. You're just doing the things that are right in front of you to love people. Okay? So if you're waiting for permission from someone to say, like, love people, you got your permission. Okay? Go love some people and live that with action. But there's some of us, okay, that when we look at our life, we're like, ah, I wish there was more fruit. And I know that there's actually something deep down, something that's wrong something that needs uh, to be dealt with. And maybe maybe I've never actually had faith in the first place. And if you have doubts about faith, First John is a perfect book to read. But um, I want to encourage you, if that's where you're at, you're like, I, I got to make some things right. Plant fresh, okay? Plant fresh. What I mean by that is you come to God and you say, look, I- I'm sorry, I'm messing this up. I need... I need you. 
and you repent. And, and here's, here's a great definition of repentance. The heartfelt sorrow for sin, a renouncing of it, and a sincere commitment to leave it and walk in obedience to Christ. So when you notice, ah, this is not who I want to be, I want to change, that's not the moment to fake it till you make it or just kind of do something to just try and, just try and like make yourself look better. That's, that's when you come back to God and you say, create in me a clean heart, God shape a Genesis week from the chaos of my life. That's, that's, that's repentance. And God always, always, always honors that. He'd rather see a little, little sapling just growing up out of the soil than some, you know, big dead tree. You know, just start fresh. God loves that. That's the whole point of the gospel is God did for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. And, uh, and he's waiting for you come to him in repentance. So that's where we're going to go. Okay. Those of us that want a genuine relationship with God, we are going to, you know, stick with it. Okay. We're going to, we're going to trust the process or we're going to go back to the start in a place of repentance. And in the end, we are going to be a people here in Pathway and in Peterborough, a people that have deep, genuine love for God that just spills out, just flows out of who we are. And it's going to be obvious to the people around us. And they're not going to say unbelievable because they doubt that we're genuine. They're going to say that is unbelievable that there are people so committed to God that they're going to do some crazy things and love in some really special ways. You guys in? Let's do that. Let's pray. God, um, we're so thankful for the, the love that you've shown us. Hey God, that transforms our heart. We want to love like you have loved us. Uh, I pray that you would stir in us, God, this desire for more of you. Um, I pray that fruit would come out of our lives. And Lord, for those of us that are feeling discouraged right now, uh, Lord, center us. Help us to be rooted on you. Lord, help us to build those habits of the heart that shape us to be more like you. And Lord, in the end, uh, we want to be close to you. We want people to come to know you. So help us to live lives of faithfulness, genuine faith, and love for you. In Christ's name, amen. Hey, that wraps it up from us here at Pathway Church. Thanks so much for joining us this week. Please keep up with us on all of our socials. Pathwaylife.com is our website. Follow us on Instagram.com forward slash Pathway Life Church and Facebook.com forward slash Pathway Life. And if you need prayer or care, our staff meets every Tuesday to pray for our people. Pathwaylife.com forward slash care for that. Hope you guys have a great week and we hope to see you real soon. Bye.